morning and welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday today while I'm recording this. I don't know when you're going to listen to it, but it's Friday. And it is International Girl Child Day. Did you guys know that? It is a national day of the girl child. So today is our day. All the girls out there, today is your day to take a stand for something. Because if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything, right? So to make today that much more oomph, we're going to have a girl who calls herself the fire starter. So you need a fire extinguisher for this particular episode, y'all, okay? So this is Dr. Lulu, the momatrician, board certified physician, author, speaker, you know it. I'm just trying to get the information out there about mental illness, about depression, and of course about suicide. So I'm so excited. If you can tell from my voice, I am excited because I have Miss Jania Moore, the fire starter. She's going to tell us about her own days of darkness and sadness. You know what? Everybody looks like they have the sun around them, but I'm telling you, you just scratch the surface and there is a story behind the story, behind the main story, okay? So today, Ms. Jania Moore is going to share her story with us. So Jania, thank you so much for joining us today on Suicide Pages, the podcast with Dr. Lulu. Please introduce yourself and take it away. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Lulu, for having me on the Suicide Pages, but I just got to let everybody know who I am. My name is Jania Moore, and I am the fire starter. My job is to ignite, is to motivate, is to help stir up the gifts. Look, y'all, trust me, I can't even help it. That's right. That's just what I do. I love it. And I am on this uh, amazing podcast with Dr. Lou. I just love you. I love what you're doing for the people. I love that you have a voice for the kids and the children, as well as you're helping parents get the help that they need to help their kids. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about a lot of great things about these mental illnesses and stuff like that. So what's going on? What are we, what, what are we going to start with? Well, you know what, honey? The show, the stage, everything is yours. You just lead and I'll follow. Do you want to start in kindergarten? Okay. Do you want to start when you were a teenager? When you so had let's a start when we were the kids. Yes, it's tough. It, it was tougher then. It's tough now. Every generation is going to be tough for that, that, that era. Okay. Um, when I was a child, um, can't go back to, so to speak, kindergarten, um, but I remember feeling like I was the dark, the ugly duckling because I was dark-skinned. So my sister was a little more lighter, and my dad was light as well. I was dark. My mom, you know, I have a mom com- complexion. So the kids used to tease me because they were lighter. So light skin was in, dark was out, Okay. I remember being teased, and uh, there we go. Are we still there? Yes. Okay, I remember being teased. Someone saying, you're so black, you're charcoal, like this right here. And they was pointing at something on my knee, and I'm like, and you're just so black. So I thought I was like dark, like I'm blue, black, black. Like they treated me as if I was like really, I thought for years I was really, really dark skinned. Like that colorism that we do as African-American, African descendants is horrible to each other. Oh, you the light skin. 
Oh, you, you the dark what? skin. You and then what? you do this colorism and, and this separation happens. You know what? The funny thing about it, though, is, Jania, you are at least three shades lighter than me. I mean, you're not even dark. You know what I mean? Like, you're not even dark like that. You're, you're chocolate, maybe light chocolate. I don't know right. what the word is. But you're, not, you're lighter than I am. And to think that people called you names for even being your light skin, as far as I'm concerned, you know? Right. Wow. And trust me, so for years, they'd be like, Jania, you're not dark skin. I'm like, yeah, I am. You know, for years, like until my adulthood, they were like, Jania, you're not dark. Like, no. look at me, I'm darker. You know, like, I did not, because it was stuck in my head yes. that I was dark skin. And then once again, if you say that, then you got to say dark skin is bad. Dark yes. skin is not good. I had a guy say, oh, my God, you're beautiful. I've never dated a dark skinned woman. <laughs> you're beautiful for being dark skinned. Oh, my God. I'm like, wow. I'm so like, even you know, when he was trying to be, even when he was trying to get you to date him, he was still rubbing it on. I'm pulling the scab. I'm pulling the scab. <laughs> like being dark is bad. You know, the funny thing I noticed, I'm glad we're talking about this because have you noticed that the, 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 the chocolate cake is called devil's food cake and the white exactly. is called angel's cake? Have you noticed that? Right. Like, even something as simple as that and as subtle yes. as that. Why the, the chocolate get, cake got to be the devil's food cake and the white cake is the angel's food cake? Why are you, you know? warping the minds of people <sighs> to say darker is worse? Mm. That, that's, that's this, you know, you're already training. Ooh, you dark skinned. Ooh, that's bad. Wait a minute. And then you have people bleaching their skins all over the world. This is not yes. just a United States thing. I'm surprised that people in Africa doing, people in Jamaica doing, like, are you serious? Y'all should be the ones that embracing the color and the, the richness in your, your pigmentation, but it's not. Well, let me tell you something, because I'm from the motherland, originally from Nigeria. Let me tell you something. Even in Nigeria, light-skinned people think they have some kind of special air around them. People do bleach. I know people who bleach their skin to the point that their hands are... We call them the Coca-Cola hands and the Fanta face because their face is so different from their hands. I mean, it's the bleaching. I didn't even realize that people in Asia bleach, even people in India bleach. I didn't know this, this dark thing. In Epidemic. India, for instance, the darker skinned Indians have like the lower caste system. And then the lighter skinned Indian, you know, even in the Hispanics, the Spanish people from Spain have blue eyes, so they're somehow better than the Mexicans because they have darker skin. It is across all races. You know, we wow. think it's across all races. Wow. I'm telling you. Wow. I love what we're talking about. I never would have thought that we'd be discussing this. But to bring it back, back home, so that kind of made you, I guess, ignited that is this superiority that self-esteem issue yeah. that yeah. that depression that thinking yeah. i'm not good enough thinking oh you know that this lighter complexion is more inferior you don't realize that but it is you begin to those things you think your things leper then when you begin to when someone teaches you how to think of yourself lesser you get you begin to accept lesser you don't know your value and when you do not know your value, it causes you to, to react or engage in activities that you may normally not do. Yes. Yes. That, really to to so deal with people, to deal with relationships, to feel like, oh, I got to be second best. I'm not, 
you know, worthy enough to be married or I'm not worthy enough to have this and this, you know, because of I'm darker skin. And it can be so even the smallest level of colorism mm. is, is, is a big impact in your life. Now you have those that be very, very depressed. And then we get into that suicidal or the extreme behavior of bleaching your skin because you don't feel like you, you allowing somebody else's thought process be your thought process. I tell you. Their, their, their image to become your image. And that's where you will fail. Every race, every color is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's so, not the so focus on skin color. Did you ever end up having, like, did you ever get depressed? Did you ever get, like, did it ever affect you to the point that you got depressed and maybe wanted to, like, I don't know, do something to your skin? Did you ever, did that ever happen? I think, no, I did not do that. I, I thought about, yes. It was a time that I did think about it, uh, ironically saying. But I never acted on it because I was, you know, you have those parents that be like, girl, I'll slap you, you know. <laughs> you ain't, we ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? We ain't even like, stop it. Get, get yourself together. Wow. But I, another topic that I want to shift into because colorism is real. But and I want to shift in from, back into that. The colorism part, you know, I don't know. I don't know when you were growing up. When I was growing up, I never had any doll babies that had Afro hair. Never. All the, my doll babies right. gold blonde hair. So yes. I wanted my hair to be gold and blonde. And as you know, yes. you're natural, I'm natural. We're going to touch on that in a minute because people tell you you want to go natural. Like, how does somebody go natural? You were born natural. But we'll right. get that later on. But my, all my doll babies had blonde, straight, shiny hair. And you know the Africans now, we will bleach, we will perm, we will... We will Use that straightening comb and burn our scalp. Burn anything to get that straight Fry your hair. hair. Like our hair is not good enough. And now they look at you and like, oh, are you gonna are you gonna have your hair like that? Well, well, are you gonna have your hair like that? Like seriously, like or or not even you know? that? Oh, well, to just to add to that, I should say, oh, your natural hair is untamed. Mm-hmm. Your natural hair, this is not the environment for your hair to be, look like that. Yes. You should have put a wig on. Yes. You should have put uh, uh, strained your hair. You should have done, your natural curls is not uh, appropriate for this environment. To the point where you can't even have dreads and they say, no, you can't have dreads. What do you mean? This is my hair. Okay. It does not matter that it's in this natural curl form. Hello? Preach. It does not matter that it's in its natural curl form and it is locked, I, I should say, because it's not dread like dead. It's locked in and secure, but you have those that say that's not appropriate but you know the for thing a about, professional setting. I know. So well, what, is professional, what is appropriate for professional setting? When we said I dye in our hair, it was like dyeing your hair is bad. Now, when you walk down the street, you see them with blue, pink, yellow hair, and it's okay for them. But not for me. Yeah. You know, but not for, no. me, not for me. When I was active duty Air Force, I was one of the first people that I know, that many people know, that started locking my hair when I was wearing the uniform. I put sister locks in my hair. Because I was like, you know what? I want to put sister locks in my hair. I want to. And I'll meet people who are senior to me, junior to me. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're letting your locks. You know, I said, I'm going to let my locks. And you know what happened? A couple of years later, now you can wear locks. 
People need to stand right. for something. If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. I didn't even know that by being myself then, I was starting something. You know, you think you can light fire? Yes. I would light the spark. Like seriously, wow. it's crazy. But lo and behold, I wore my locks in the Air Force. I wore my sister locks. I have a uniform that I have, one of my pictures with a uniform with my locks in it. People used to look at me funny and I look back at them funny. Like, you want it? What? What? You know? So first right. of all, Lieutenant Colonel. So they couldn't really, they probably talked behind my back because I'm senior to pretty much everybody. But second of all, they can't even look me in the face. So I needed to give our hair a voice, even in the military. It's just now that I'm realizing that I was probably sent there for those four years to do that, to do just that. Wow. You know, to start yes. that conversation and start that revolution and wear your hair the way God gave it to you, however you want to get. Nobody stopped them from wearing their hair that way. And then our girls get sad, they get depressed, they, their hair is burnt and scarred, they lose their, they lose bunch of hair. Edges, they lose, like, yeah, oh patches, God. all this stuff. For this, this man-made image of what man say beauty is. Mm-hmm. It's man-made, it's not real, it's false. Hmm. If you look at a lot of those celebrities and what they do to create this false image of themselves, Plastic surgery, more than one, nose done more than once, breast augmentation. Now they put, getting sick for the implants that they put in their behind. Yes. Okay, let's be real. I know. All this image, you know, this identity crisis that you're falling into because someone told you them love handles on the side got to go. If you want to be on the next level, you got to check, you got to get a, a, Let's be honest, a Caucasian nose on an African-American person. You got to change your identity. I love that part. And now all of a sudden, our African lips are in. Like everybody want to have Angelina Jolie. Oh, no, no, no. You're changing it and you're minimizing it and they're enhancing it. Exactly. Exactly. Like we have, we're naturally born born with curves and then we want to take our curves out so that they can take the curves and put on them. And then, I mean, the whole world is just so... But I think bringing it back to just even the fact that it's all trauma. It's all trauma. When yes, you're young and somebody's telling you you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And then you grow up thinking you're really not good enough. And then you have that self-esteem and then you want out. You know, you don't have, rather, you don't have any self-esteem. And then you want out. You want to kill yourself. You want to hurt yourself. Just whatever. That's why when people say, when the, when the study came out that African-American children age five to 11 have two times as, as much, what are twice as likely to die by suicide than Caucasian children age five to 11. People are like, why, why, what happened? Because of trauma, because of continuously telling that they're not good enough. They're not, anything they do is not good enough. It's just never good enough. And that's hurtful. And that's hurtful. We talked about that on the radio station yeah. about getting parents together, uh, learning how to, like your book says, parenting your teen, because that is a critical age. And I'm so glad that you put that book out and I'm going to be reading it soon. I'm going to work on an adventure and we'll talk about that off air. Okay. Okay. Tell y'all now, okay. but I'm going to have to come back and talk to y'all about that exclusive um, um, non-for-profit that I'm getting ready to start with teens. It's very, very important to help our teens, um, especially um, in the foster system or in, in, even if they're not, there has to be a turning point for the kids. And that's where I'm going to come 
And me and Dr. Lulu, me and you are going to sit and talk about this, some we things to, because we I'm getting ready to work on some things together. with kids. Yes. And helping them. I know you helping the parents. I'm getting ready to come in and help the kids uh, shift out of their depression, shift out of them thinking this is the end of the road. I'm just going to mount to nothing. Yeah. Shift out of my parents have done so much stuff to me in these years that I won't get out of this situation I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because everybody has fallen short. No parent is perfect. We all make mistakes. Hmm. But at some point, our teens have to know how to parent themselves. Sad to say. But when I say that, I'm saying, now I got to focus on my future. Now I have to focus on getting good, good grades because I want my good grades. Now I have to focus on getting a summer job because I want to, you know, buy my own clothes or shoes or X, Y, Z or pay my own phone bill. Now I want to apply for uh, colleges because now I, I know I can actually get accepted. You know, now I want to be a doctor. Now I want to be a lawyer. Now I want to be a firefighter. Okay, and I'm going to do what I need to do to get there. And I'm going to be helping these kids get exactly where they want. So, and I'm going to get with you with that. I know this is the first time me even mentioning it to you. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we haven't talked about I, it. I work with teens as well. So when I do my yes. the one that you were, you spoke at and you spoke so eloquently and everybody was like, oh my God, who is she? Who is she? Who is she? I mean, you can't talk about the teenager without talking, without talking about the parent. I mean, there's just no way because. Absolutely. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. Was five years right. old, was five years old once upon a time was five months old and five days old once upon a time. it starts from very very young and if the parent doesn't have a direction then yes I mean eventually the teenager by the grace of God nothing else can find their own footing but a house that's not built on a solid foundation is not going to be strong no. but we thank God that you know eventually some of the kids do get up and then they they grow up and they go out and they can make it but many of them cannot. So, so coming back to you on a personal level, uh -huh. did, you ever, um, did you ever have any family or maybe mental illness or yes. a person you know that maybe died by suicide? Has it ever affected you on a personal level? Yes. And I'll say uh, mental illness does run in my family um, on my dad's side. And it is tough because we are aware of it. We're teaching our siblings on how to be aware of the mental issues because it is showing up in the generations to come. Uh, it's, the first step is to be aware of it. Yes. The first step is to acknowledge it. Don't be just saying Uncle Joe crazy, okay? Why is Uncle Joe crazy? What is going on? And then when you mix uh, chemicals, drugs, alcohol into the mix, then you have this combunction of characteristics, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. But you want to be mindful of, of the generational curse is what it is, what's in the bloodline of mental illnesses. Um, my son was on uh, ADHD medications because he did have it at a um, young age. He outgrew it because we, we did the steps and we and I helped train him on how to overcome those impulsive behaviors, yes. parents, because if you have the ADHD child, they have an impulsive behavior attached to it. It's something urging them to just do it at that moment. Yeah. They cannot think straight not to do it. It's not appropriate at this time to say this, to act out, to move. It's an impulsive behavior. You got to train them to sit still for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15. You build up to that. Yeah. You talk to them 
on how not to respond in that behavior. Then um, what was crazy is my, my little brother, a whole other state, was on the same medication as my son. That's why I absolutely knew that it was a generational curse because yeah. they was literally taking the same medicine at the same time wow. um, without even communicating, you know, that with the doctor. So it, it, it takes time. You have to train them and speak to um, uh, professionals like Dr. Lulu on how to help those with mental illnesses. Then you have bipolarism, schizophrenia. These things are real. Don't think that this is in a white uh, Caucasian culture. It's in everybody's culture that people deal with bipolar behaviors, which is basically mood swings. They're up and down, they're crying, they're happy, they're mad, they're sad, they're jumping over, flipping, all in one hour. You got to understand how to deal with those things. You have to also understand how to step back and let somebody else help. You know, schizophrenic, you know, you have multiple personalities and, and they're not speaking highly in your head. Okay. That will cause you to have suicidal thoughts and, and, and behaviors that's not correct. So what I did was I got with profession. Um, I didn't have the, the dosage that some of my other siblings had of these mental illness, but it was still present because guess what? I'm in the bloodline. Amen. So I got with professionals. Amen. I got with counselors. I got with my pastors. I, I talked to people, you know what I'm saying? And I uh, fought against those things enough to get rid of them. Then I taught my kids. This is in our family. These are, you know how such and such is? You know how that person is? Okay. And then you explain things. And don't be afraid to sit down with your kids and explain them these things. They have to be able to fight. Guess what? Because if you do not tell your kids, somebody going to tell your kids they got issues. Exactly. They're going to get the information outside. They're going to get the untainted version. They're going to get the... The, the version and then when you want to fix it and it's like damage control but I, you'll, I can't even add more to the fact that you need to own it acknowledge become aware and then do something about it including telling your kids because a lot of people don't want to tell their kids oh I don't want to talk about suicide well guess what it's happening oh I don't want to it's talk happening about it. well, guess what it's happening you have to give your yes. and say look I don't expect you to have sex this is why this is why this is why this is what can happen right but if you do right. do it here's some condoms it's like saying, oh, I don't want you to drive fast. But if you do drive, put on your seatbelt. I mean, we have to prepare the kids for the possibility. Yes. You can be in a rock somewhere thinking your child is not going to do it. Okay, it's going to happen. So why don't you just prepare your kid for it? I mean, this is the world. Absolutely. Right now, you know, nowadays, maybe not. But today's world, if they're not doing it physically, they're doing it on the phone. We haven't even talked yes. about media. And all the sex. And trust me, these kids are in middle school. I feel for these middle school teachers, okay? They are talking about sex more in middle school than they do in high school, okay? Yes. Than they do in college. Yes. Like middle school, that these kids are getting pregnant. Parents, you are not saving your kids by not telling them. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. They, they, they siblings or classmate or somebody else out there that is not even a friend is exposing them to some things that you have no idea that they even know about. Mm-hmm. You're not saving your kids. By not telling them you're hindering them because you need to be the most powerful, impactful influence in your children's lives. Indeed, you your are. voice has got to be what your kids listen to, not their friends, not some fast tail girl, not some fast tail boy. Okay, you need to be the voice of reasoning, you need to be the most impactful influence in your children's decision. You know, what? because if you're not, that. somebody else will be. 
I actually think that some parents don't realize that. They don't realize that they are the most important person in their kid's life. They don't realize that their kid actually, your child actually wants you to talk to them. They're yearning for you to talk to them because when they were three years old, you talk to them. When they were 10, you talk to them. When wow. They still want you to talk to them. Parents just don't know that. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow. just change. No, it's the same three-year-old. It's just bigger, maybe smellier. But it's the same three-year-old, and they still want you to. They want to hear your voice. My kids that are in college, my two boys in college, one of them calls me every Sunday, one of them calls me every Saturday, and that is their day every single week. So I can see how's how's how was school? How was this week? What challenges did you have? What do you need? What do you not need? And then they tell me what whatever is going on. But I have to leave the. I put it on the schedule. Like it is my responsibility that they and I connect. The adults don't matter. They're still my children and they'll always be my children. So yes, they want you to be in their lives. Parents just don't realize that. Oh, he grown now. I can, no, 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 no. I still need my mother. I still need Absolutely. my mother. I mean, maybe yeah. not like to breastfeed every day, but there's right. something I just want to call my dad. I just want to call my mom. And it just, that's just the way it is, you know? Wow, it's amazing. Amazing. Wow. Communication. And that's exactly what you just said. Communication is the key to success for our kids. Okay. I know as parents, you have the world to deal with. You have your job to deal with. You have rent and, uh, you know, and everything else to deal with your mortgage, your bills. And we lose sight of parenting sometimes in the hustle and bustle of life. But it has to be a necessity. It has to be on schedule. It has to be important because the kids need us. They need us to get involved. So understand this. If you haven't learned some things, learn what's in your family. Just as well as you want to see if diabetes in there, you need to find out if mental health or mental illnesses is in there, okay? If you wonder why your child is acting the way they are, look up, look along the bloodline and see who else that they similar to, Okay communicate. It's okay. Let me tell you this. Okay. A lot of people may not agree, but it's okay. It is okay to medicate your children if necessary. Necessary. That's all. Now, my son had to be medicated. They were not diagnosed him with ADHD at five. I think they waited till he was about six years old. By then he had to fail a grade because he could not control himself so much. He could not even focus on his schoolwork. They used to, the Parent, the teachers used to want to cry because they said, we know he is doing his best, but he just cannot help it. Okay? So he was medicated up to about 14 years old, around 12, 13. He started spinning out. He didn't want to do it no more. He said, God told me at 14, my mind got to take it no more. I said, I don't know. God didn't tell me. I said, all right, but, but if your right. behavior changes, we're we getting right back to it. And he hasn't been on it since. Amen. And, and that's because he, he matured each year. He did what he needed to do. I talked to him constantly about his behavior. Why did you just blow up? Why did you just try to throw that chair? Why did you just scream in the classroom? What led up to the meltdown? That's important. What led up to the explosion? You cannot just rip the kid's tail or put them on punishment because they start screaming and hollering or cut somebody out. Why? They may say, well, such and such cat bothered me. I told the teacher they wouldn't do it, so I blew up. Or this parent mistreated me in X, Y, Z, and that's why this happened. you got to find out the why. Once you do that, then you can say, next time, this is how you handle 
the situation. Because these teens will come adults and then they will be in jail and not in timeout. You know what? I am so glad you mentioned that. I was looking, I'm preparing for a talk in New York at the end of the month, and I was looking at, you know, the just recent suicides, and I found this gentleman in Brooklyn, this young 17-year-old who fatally stabbed his classmate. So the news flashes, 17-year-old LGBT teen fatally stabs classmates. I'm like, wait, what? Why? And I started right. thinking, and that classmate for months has been bullying that kid. And finally, that kid came to school that day with a knife. And the only reason why I'm still talking about this is because he didn't come with a gun. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, you have yes. to figure out the why. Most kids will not just go and just blow up. Something, right. something, something is behind that. And you know when you're talking about medication, I had to be on antidepressants. I, mm-hmm. because I needed it for that period when I, was, when, the, when I got my counseling and my therapy and I got better, I got off of it. It didn't change anything about me. I'm still the diva right. I am or not the diva that I'm not. It doesn't matter. But yes. when I needed it, I went and I got it and I'm, and I'm better. Yes. And, so and do not be ashamed of that. Take it when necessary. Don't not put your kids on, on medication. And when they get a certain age and you can't control them no more, and now you're telling somebody come get them, sorry. You was told about it when they was five. You was told about it when they was seven. You told them about it when they was younger. You wait till they're in their teens, almost about to leave the house, to say, what? Like, you could have did it earlier. It is okay. Now, you want to be educated on the type of medicine to put them on. That you need to be. Everybody don't need to be on Ritalin. They ain't naming names, but still. You 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 gotta educate yourself on the type of medicine and what it does and the side effects. But don't be like I ain't putting my kid on that medicine. I know. It's gonna help them. You're not gonna tell a diabetic I'm not gonna get that insulin shot. I love it. I love it. And you know the symptoms. Oh well, the doctor said I got sugar. What do you mean the doctor said? What was your blood sugar? <laughs> oh, 300. Uh, so you got sugar. You're like, like, seriously, what do you mean the doctor said you got sugar? I'm going to just have one. I ain't claiming that. I, I'm going to just have got one issues. little cupcake. Don't tell my doctor. What do you mean you're going you to have one little cupcake? I swear. Oh, my God. He's going to put you in a diabetic coma eating that For little real, cupcake. <laughs> that is crazy. But you're right. You can't say to a diabetic, or I usually use asthma. You can't tell an asthmatic, oh, don't take your, your, your albuterol, don't take your inhaler, you know. Or, you good. Or, Get like a bag. Breathe yeah. in a bag. Exactly. Or asthma, for instance. If my uncle has asthma, if my auntie has asthma, maybe my kid get asthma. Like seriously. Exactly. You look exactly. Into the family tree. So it comes down to what you're saying. Yes. Being aware and ask questions. And don't think, oh, yeah, they got it. It's them. It's their problem. Mm-hmm. No, it is all our problem because we, we are a community. It absolutely takes a village to raise one child. Okay? And it takes a village to save a child, too. To save a child. So parents, it's okay. It is okay. Talk to Dr. Lulu. Find me. I'm Jania Moore, the fire starter. I'm on Saved Over Success Network. Contact someone and ask them, what do I do? What resources out there to help me? There's programs out there to help parents raise kids with mental illnesses, okay? Child Protective Services has a lot of programs out there that people don't know because you're so afraid that your child is going to be taken from you. Do not wait for the child to be taken for you to say, okay, I do all the steps now. No, 
contact them and say, what resources do you have? Because this is the situation I'm dealing with, and I need assistance with that. They will help you maintain your child in your home. They don't want to take your child. But if you have a child with mental illnesses and they're terrorizing either you or your other children that you need to pay attention to, that you may not even know that they're terrorizing, and this is suicide is real. But you got to ask the questions and you got to pay attention. Yes. You know, I'm glad you touched on the Saved Over Success Network. You want to tell us what that is about and then where can the, the listeners find you? Because this has been so productive. I'm so happy that you came out. And, you know, we need to be transparent, like you said. We just have to come out and yes. just own what we have and then yes. just keep on moving. You know, if you want to be stuck, yes. as I said, I have ADHD, then good luck with you. I'm gone, you know, but I know what I got and I'm getting help for it. And that's all that matters. So how can the listener, where can they find you? Where can, where, you know, what's the state of a success? And what about your Know Your Worth Now? Because that's one of the, the things that you were working on. Yes, Know Our Worth Now is filled with not-for-profit organizations. I'm going to be passing out pamphlets and getting my website together because I want to network with many other states with Know Our Worth Now. It is the now organization. We're talking about now. Getting the tools that you need right now to be successful in life. Do not wait. Don't wait to get older. You don't need to wait for another day. You call and you find out and you exhort all of your options to have your children successful. I'm going to say it again. All of your options, exhort them. I done everything I could for my child. I did not wait. I act on it and I ask questions and I seek help. That is what the now organization is going to be. Know our worth now. It's going to be filled with not-for-profit organizations of other people because two-on-one is good, but they run out of resources very fast. Okay. They say, I got two numbers for you and that's it. God bless you. Okay. <laughs> but know our worth now is going to be filled with organizations that, that can help you right now. That they got funding right now, or they got another organization they can refer you to because you need help now. That's okay, right. my life is about to get cut off. I need help now. If I need clothes, I need help now. If my kid is screaming, punching the wall, listen, I need help now. And that is the now organization. That's amazing. So and not tomorrow and not the day after, because you know what? No. Nobody's even promised tomorrow. You don't even really know that you're gonna be here tomorrow, right? no way, you know? No. So you might as well just do it, just act now. And today is the is the first day of the rest of your life. So you might as well just do it today. So I like that. I love that. So that so saved over success network and then know our worth now. And you're gonna you say you're know our worth now. Yes. And you're getting your, your website together. Yes, ma'am. Okay, very good. Yes, ma'am, because it's much needed. Okay. It's needed. Those resources are needed. I usually want to end by asking if you have a favorite quote or favorite book or favorite line, and then, of course, some words of encouragement for the listeners. Okay. I can't think of a favorite quote right now. I'm going to have to come back to that. But just I like what I want to do. Now. I like Know Your Worth. Yes, Know Our Worth Now. It's a great quote. <laughs> That's a great quote. Thank you. Thank you. But what, what I want to say is to my listeners, to the listeners out there, for one, thank you. Thank you for staying on. Thank you for hearing the resources. Thank you for, for the journey that you have gone through so thus far. Thank you for enduring the pain and the struggles that you have right now. I want to thank you. You are a survivor. 
You are a winner. You are great. You have have endured and you have overcome thus far. I want to tell you thank you. And whatever you need, do not be afraid to add. Don't be afraid to go into somebody in confidence and say, listen, I have this situation. I need help now. You do not want to wait. You don't want your child to be the one on the news. Mm. You don't want them going through. You don't you don't want to be on there and 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 and, and wishing you would have did something sooner. Mm. So don't wait. Act now. Talk to Dr. Lulu. Get her book, Parenting Your Teens. Look at her um, shows every week, okay? You will be encouraged and you will get the tools that you need to do it. But I just want to encourage you. You are a winner. You're strong. You're powerful. You are love. You're beautiful. It doesn't matter what you look like or who you are or, or your identity is. You're amazing. You have lasted in this world this far. But now is the time to go higher, to be greater, to prosper even more by getting the tools right now. Amen. Amen. I couldn't even add more to that. Thank you so much, Ms. so much, Ms. Janine Moore. I mean, it's always, always a pleasure to have you. Your voice is resounding. I love your energy. I love what you bring into the, the space. And today, Friday, October. 11 national international girl child it is just amazing I'm, I'm about to put this on facebook right now just as is i wish we had done it live now we but I'm going to <laughs> i told you <laughs> I, I, you know what technology we we have a decision no it's okay we just me and technology we just hmm. Yeah. No, it's okay. I understand. So, but you know what? I'm just happy that you did it, that you came and, and you, you laid it all out for us. Thank you so much. We are definitely going to stay connected. We're going to stay tuned with each other because, you know, there's work to do. There's a lot, a lot of work, lots, lots of harvest, but just very few laborers. And for those of us who want to put ourselves out there, we need to go out there. So thank you so much. This is Dr. Lulu. This is your favorite momatration. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. Thank you all so much for hanging in there. Over 1,500 downloads in two and a half months. Y'all are awesome. You are preaching and it's getting heard. Thank you all so much for sharing the podcast, for subscribing, for leaving your comments and your reviews. It doesn't get any better than that. Listen, Jania has said it. Don't be afraid to go out there and ask for help. And I know one of my friends has said, sometimes it's easier to say yes than I need help. But also sometimes if you say you need help, then you can tell me the exact kind of help that you need. And that's what Ms. Jania Moore and the Save Our Success Network and the Know Our Worth Now nonprofit is going to be doing for you. So reach out and touch someone and you just might get healed. Y'all, thank you so much. God bless you. I'll see Bye. you later.